So today I have a very special guest. Today I'm joined by my oldest daughter, Finley. Finley. How old are you? Seven, about to be eight. About to be eight. When are you going to be eight? Day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. So today, the recording date is August 31st, and your birthday is when? What's, what's the date? September 2nd. September 2nd. What are you most excited about for your birthday? Presents. Presents. And going to Build-A-Bear for my birthday party. Oh my gosh. We're going to do presents at Build-A-Bear and my grandma's house. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what do you hope that you get for your birthday? A big hatchimal egg. A hatchimal egg? Yeah. I didn't know you wanted a hatchimal egg. Did you tell mom? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Well, you yeah, you, you probably should tell mom. Mom kind of runs the show, so you need to let her know about that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for my last birthday when I turned seven, she mm -hmm. got me two big... <laughs> she did? We did. <laughs> we, we did. <laughs> she got me two big realistic baby dolls. I have wow. one behind me right now. That's right. Yeah, she made it, right? Yeah, she made yeah, it. Yeah, very cool. And so, she tricked me. I saw the baby parts. I knew it, where they, they mm -hmm. were the baby parts. She put uh, be, uh, Love a Bella doll in there to trick me. Right, yeah. So Finley is talking about last year for her birthday, she wanted a realistic baby. And her mother is really talented. She does a lot of crochet stuff. And so, um, and things of that nature, she's just real artistic. So she bought the parts and made Finley two realistic baby dolls for her birthday and surprised her with it. So did you like those? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So is there anything else that you're excited about that's coming up soon? My cake. Cake, but My what, cake. About, what? not about your birthday, but something else. Something that's going to be here in 29 days. We're going to have a baby girl. I've been wanting... Hmm. A sister for four years. Four years. You're tired of... What were you tired of? Having stinky little brothers. Stinky little brothers. Well, you're still going to have the brothers, but now you're going to have a sister too. Are you excited about that? What What made it... What makes it so special about having a little sister, do you think? It's the only other girl we're going to have other than mom and me. That's true. Um, what do we do... What? What? I'm trying to think of how to ask you this. So you know what I'm talking about. What was something that you did whenever we found out that mom was was going to have a baby? What did we do every night before we go to sleep? We prayed that. No, not we. Oh, I prayed that we would have a baby girl. Did me and mom pray that? No. No. So what, so what do you think about that? Me! <laughs> but what does that mean? Me and mom? What did me and mom pray about the baby? That she'd be healthy. That she'd be healthy. What did you pray? That she'd be a girl. That she'd be a girl. And Jesus heard your prayer, huh? She'd be a little angel baby. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. You're going to be a good big sister? Yeah, I'm going to be back staring <laughs> at her the whole time. Yeah, that's going to be cute. So you were, so you prayed and asked Jesus for her to be a girl and he heard your prayer, huh? Yep, we've got, cool. we've got too many girl clothes for... Too many girl clothes, that's right. We've okay. got... We got 300 tubs of girl clothes for we got a lot of clothes yeah mom as soon as we found out that she was a girl she got pretty excited huh i think we all did we were all crying we were i all was like ah, <laughs> yeah, so. i've been wanting one for so long and now here we go so we're very thankful about that huh yeah so um yeah that's one thing too if you guys don't mind if you're listening to this to say a prayer for my wife we found out that um we we're going to have the baby on september the 29th she's going to be induced for a c-section 
And so that will take place on the 29th. So we ask that you guys would pray about that. We thank you for that. But one thing that I had on Finley is I've been talking about spiritual warfare. And do you know what spiritual warfare is? No. Um, spiritual warfare basically is um, the about the battle is not between flesh and blood. So the battle is in the spiritual realm. It's not in against flesh and blood. Do you know any Bible verses that say anything about that? Yes, full armor of God. The full armor of God. Do you, Can you say it for me? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Upon the armor of God, that you may stand and against the walls of the devil. devil. For wrestling on his flesh and blood, bringing to the bodies against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, upon the armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and how not to stand. Stand therefore, having your words heard about the truth, and having righteousness. And if each other in prayer God's will peace, above all, taking to the faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench our hearts of wicked, take down salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Good job. Very good. That was very good. Do you say that a lot or something? Yeah. We what? say it basically every night. Basically every night. Well, we try to. Okay, so lastly, before we get off here, you know my show. You help me sometimes. What do you help me sometimes with my show? Saying verses. Hmm? Saying verses. Saying verses, but whenever I'm going to have somebody on, I say, what is a random... Question. So do you want to do that? You want me to ask you three random questions? Yeah. Okay, so first question. What's this called? Do you know what it's called, Ethan? Do you know what I call it on the show? The big three. Mm-hmm. The big three. So it's three random questions. So question number one. What is your favorite ice cream? Ooh, caramel. Sea salt caramel. Sea salt caramel? Sea salt, sea salt caramel and pralines and proteins. What the? <laughs> Pralines and proteins. Anything what? with caramel. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's good. What and about when you go to Dairy Queen? You don't ever get caramel. You get strawberry sundae. Or that orange kind. Orange. Oh, yeah, yeah. The butterscotch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. Very good. So question number two, would you rather have a pet unicorn or be friends with hmm, Smurfette? Unicorn. You love unicorns, huh? It would make me fly. I'd be That's like, true. Please make me fly. <laughs> there you go. All right. Question number three. Who is your favorite Disney princess? Uh, Elsa. Elsa. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Well, do you have anything else you want to say before we get off? Yes. What? If you guys who are listening hear something, it's either my bird or the TV in there. <laughs> we're, we're recording this in her room, and she's got a pet bird. And she's doing a very good job taking care of it. What's your bird's name? Cookie. Cookie, that's right. All right. We didn't know it was a boy or we didn't know if it was a boy or girl. Mm-hmm. We got some pretty good tips about it. I got some pretty good tips. Yeah, that's a good thing. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Bye. Bye. I love you. Love you. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so very much, Finley, for coming on and sharing that passage of scripture with us. And um, let me do the big three with you. That was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, for all the things going on in my life. I'm very excited that the Lord has given me the opportunity to be a parent, um, to be a husband, to be a father, 
And there's a responsibility that comes with that. And that's just part of it, teaching your kids scripture, not scaring them, but having them aware. You want them to have a full scope of everything that's going on. You don't want them to be in the dark. And that's the thing about it as a father that I take full responsibility of, um, because I know that when my days are done, when I go to heaven, I'm going to have to give an account for everything that the Lord has blessed me with. And, and am I stewarding things properly? Am I shepherding my family the way that I'm supposed to as a husband and as a father? And so that is just something that as men you need to do. And as a parent, doesn't matter if mother or father, you need to be trying to teach your kids scripture, teaching them um, that the battle is not against flesh and blood, right? It's against the spiritual realm. It's against things that cannot be seen. And we're protected by those things every day um, through Jesus Christ, through his angels, through um, just just his grace and mercy, honestly. And so there's just proof of that all around us. But not to get off topic, um, I want to specifically get into Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And I know last week I talked about this was going to be a two-part ep- uh, episode Oh, but I mean, just in preparing and praying for it, and that's one thing too, um, the sources that I have used for today, digging into Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, these aren't just my thoughts on today's episode. Some of these things that I'm going to be speaking about today and some of the um, the points that I'm going to be making, I've taken from other pastors that I've listened to, um, that they have talked about spiritual warfare. So I've taken some of that knowledge, some of that wisdom, and I'm going to try to um, um, relay it to you guys today. And so just a couple pastors off the top of my head, obviously, um, Patrick Williams, I had him on a couple of weeks ago. He's one of the, um, the, the, he's the lead pastor at my church, but then one of the associate pastors, um, his name is, uh, Gary Jarrett. I'm going to try to get him on at some point, taking some of the stuff that he's talked about in church services. And then some other pastors that I like to listen to Tony Evans. I love Tony Evans. I use his commentary a lot. John MacArthur, uh, I don't I don't agree. Here's the thing. We don't have to agree with every single thing that a person says, right? I don't agree with everything that Patrick says. He probably doesn't agree with everything that I think. I don't agree with everything that my that uh, Gary, Pastor Gary Jared says. He probably doesn't agree with everything I think. Same thing goes with Tony Evans. Same thing goes with Erwin Lutzer, another pastor that I love. Uh, Adrian Rogers, um, Levi Lusco. These are just guys that I'm, I, I listen to the most. But here's the thing. You're not going to agree with every single thing that a person says, but that's okay. Okay, so because I've had somebody message me in the past and say, well, you shouldn't listen to that guy because it's it's come to find out that he's a false teacher or whatever. And and golly, I mean, some of these guys, I agree, there are bad teachers. <sighs> this is a whole nother topic I'm, I'm getting. I'm going down a rabbit trail. But I, I just say all that to say um, this isn't just come from like, this isn't just stuff that I'm just making up like these, these, the, the topics and the things that I'm going to be sharing with you today. Um, it comes from a place of just earnestly seeking God's will, um, trying to seek out what he's truly saying in the scriptures and then looking to outside sources that I trust that I feel like if it was something that I would put a hindrance to what I'm doing here, I feel like the Lord would um, steer me away from that. If you know what I mean, because uh, anything that I do, anything that I say on here, um, I have 100% peace about, and I will never bring anything to the show that I do not feel like the Lord has given me 100% peace about in saying so. Um, with all that being said, I, I said last week that I wanted to get into two lengthier scriptures, but it, it's just too much in this passage specifically, and and too much in that other passage. So this is going to be 2A, and then next week, Lord willing, we'll do 2B, and, and then we'll just go on and, and, and as long as the Lord allows it to go. 
But so today I'm just going to dive into Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. We're going to go through those verses. We're still talking about attack. We're going to try to draw out what we can from this passage of scripture here. And this passage of scripture is very personal to me and it's very important to me because I was taught at a young age um, this passage of scripture. I can I don't remember a time in my life that I did not know Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And that is a credit to my parents. You know, no, no parent is perfect. We all fall short. I fall short every single day with my kids in some way. It's just going to happen as a parent. We're all human beings. We all have our faults. But one thing that I'm extremely and eternally grateful for is that my parents did do the best that they could to teach us about Jesus, to, to take us to church, and to try to make sure that we were memorizing and, and um, hiding God's word in our heart, like scripture says. And so I have known this passage of scripture my whole life. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, it's the full armor of God. And that's my hope for my kids is they can say the same thing when they're 28 years old and they can say, I don't remember a time that I didn't know Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And so if you're a parent out there, I strongly um, urge you to do the same with your kids. Um, and so anyway, um, all that being said, let's get into this. I, and and when you talk about a, pl a plan of attack, like we said, we want to remember that God is in control. He gives us power. What I think, I guess it's just the key phrase now through the shedding of Jesus's blood, right? And so we have the power to overcome the enemy, overcome his schemes. We're not ignorant to his schemes. Just given a little recap of last week, the verses that we got into. And, and one thing we need to remember too is that verse that we read in Romans 8.38, where it says um, to remember that we are uh, um, more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, right? We're more than conquerors. We're not just, and I think that's one thing that there are some days where I feel like I'm being spiritually attacked, where I'm like, God, just help me. And that's one thing that I'm trying to change in my prayer. And I don't do it anymore, at least not, not that I can remember, but I can remember a time where I was dealing with such spiritual warfare um, especially doing this podcast to the point where I was writing in my journal every day. It's like, this has been something that I've been dealing with for, I'd say probably two or three months now. And it's, it's, I'm finally, I feel like I'm coming on the other side through Jesus. Jesus has helped me, um, get through this, this spiritual warfare that's been going on. And I know that it, it's just the enemy trying to knock me off from what I am doing. Right. Because like I've said in previous episodes, the closer we get to God, the bigger the target gets on our back. The enemy doesn't want us to be used by Christ. All right. So I know I'm, I'm just kind of repeat myself. This is kind of just a recap, but I'm finally coming on the other side of some of that spiritual warfare. And I know that when you level up, it's just going to get something else is going to come on. But we need to remember, like I said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And it reminds me of a, um, of a freight, of a, a um, quote that I heard one time on a movie. And it says, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. All right. So it doesn't matter who we're going up against. When our dog that's inside of us is Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, there is no dog that we're going to face in a fight that is greater than the dog that is inside of us. Because the dog that is inside of us, and I'm not calling God a dog, but you know what I'm saying. There is nothing going to be greater that we face than the power that God gives us because of the price that Jesus Christ has paid for us. So just remember that. Do not let yourself get bogged down. Do not let yourself get knocked out of the fight because Jesus Christ is always with you. So one thing that I want to say when you talk about spiritual warfare is the enemy always comes after your weaknesses, the things that you struggle with the most, right? So one thing that we need to do to have a good plan of attack is we need to be self-aware. 
and I've, I've said this on past episodes before where it's talking about um, you need to have a plan, right? And part of that is being self-aware. Know your weak points and be ready to call yourself out when you need to. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of getting that accountability partner. Or if you know that there's something that you're struggling with, talk to the Lord about it out loud. That's something that I've had to do is just like go to the Lord and say, okay, where did this start? How did this, and you know, people knock therapy all the time. I've never been to therapy or anything like that, but um, just in my alone time, my prayer time with God, asking him reveal to me why I'm having such a struggle with this or that. You can do that. And he is going to reveal things to you. He's done that to me. And I'm like, okay, that started when I was a kid. And that's just been something that I've been holding on to since I was a kid. But Galatians says that we are free because of Christ, right? I think it's Galatians 5. I don't remember the exact words off the top of my head, but we are free. So do not let yourself get chained down to something. Don't hold on to grudges. Let go of these things. These Let go of anything that the enemy can use against you. And, and one thing that we need to understand too is the power of our words, right? We need to speak truth. We need to speak things that are true all the time. Don't let the enemy put false ideas or false narratives in your head. Speak truth. And like I said last time that C.S. Lewis says, we need to mock the devil. We also need to kind of make fun of things that are ridiculous. Things that we know that aren't true, things that we know are holding us back from what Christ is calling us to do. We need to mock those things, make fun of them and say, okay, I see what you're trying to do here. It's not going to work. And we can do those things through the power that Jesus Christ has given us, right? And so one thing that I want to say too, we have the power of Jesus Christ in us all the time. And it reminds me of, and I'm not comparing myself to God at all. I'm just trying to make it a little bit more easy to um, kind of digest, I guess, kind of easier to understand. So I've um, my oldest two, this is a story about both of them. So when my daughter was real little, um, I want to say she was probably maybe three or four. Um, it was obviously it was just her because she's four years older. So I guess she had to be three. She's four years older than um, our four-year-old. And she was going to daycare at that time. I was working full-time. My wife was working full-time as a dental assistant. And um, so she was going to daycare and uh, our daughter at that time, up to that point, it was kind of, she, she, if she was staying with her grandparents, it was, you know, she didn't really have like, you got to sit here for this long, like you would in a classroom setting. Right. So when she got put into that classroom setting, into that daycare, and it was a family that uh, my wife's family was close with, like they knew the woman that ran the place and it was a smaller daycare. There was probably like eight kids there. Um, and, and they were like a family friend. And so she was like comfortable going in. But then after the first day, I went to go pick her up and the teacher told me, yeah, Finley didn't like how he had to sit down for lunch. You know, she didn't like how he had to sit down for this activity or go over here and do that. She wanted to get away from the class. She wanted to do this. And Finley was just standing there. She didn't really say anything. And so then I picked her up and I was holding her and I said, what, you didn't like, uh, you didn't like class today? And she said, no, I liked it, you know, and she's like three. So, you know, all those words probably weren't there, but she's like, yeah, I liked it. So the teacher said, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. So she turned around, went inside and I turned around, started walking to the car. And my daughter looked at the door of the school, the little preschool. And I'll never forget it. It was hilarious. She, she looked at the door and then she looked back at me and she said, dad. And I said, what baby? She said, you go back in there and you get onto her. <laughs> and I said, Why? And she said, because she was mean to me all day. And, you know, for her, somebody telling her, hey, you need to sit down and do this was was uh, them being mean to her. But it was just funny. And, it, and it, it got me thinking and preparing for this. And I want to share one more story and then I'll 
tie both of those stories together because I feel like it relates to this. Um, during this past summer, my kids went to vacation Bible school and my son, um, something had happened with uh, uh, like a teacher or something in the class. It was probably the same type thing where they, they told him to sit down, but he didn't want to sit down. You know, my son's extremely, extremely wild. He is all boy. He wants to run around all the time, play basketball, wrestle in his room, you know, get outside, play in the dirt like every other little boy. But he's extremely, extremely wild. And so um, he wouldn't he didn't say anything, but he's he's he likes to play tricks on people in, in this way. He goes to class and he actually he's sweet and then he comes to the house and that's where the true Landry comes out. You know what I mean? So some of you parents out there could probably probably relate. But anyway, so whenever we went to go pick him up, I picked him up and. At, when I picked him up, he turned to the teacher that had said something to him, whatever it was. And my son is funny too, because he's four years old now. And it doesn't matter if you are two years old or if you're 82 years old, he's going to say boy. Like if he sees a, a man, he'll say, look at that boy. What's that boy doing? And so we, as soon as I picked him up, he looked back at that teacher and he said, you want to say something now, boy? And I was like, dude, no, 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 we don't need to talk like that. You know, but he, he was bold because I was there with him. And same with my daughter. And to kind of tie those two stories together and kind of see where I'm coming from. They were both bold. Like when they were by themselves, they kind of felt a little bit intimidated because they're going up against somebody in their mind that's a lot bigger than them in terms of a teacher. But when I'm there with them, how much bigger I am and I can just pick them up. And when I am holding them, they see that I'm either taller than the person that I got onto them or when I'm holding them there, I level with that person. That gives them confidence to say, okay, my dad's here. My dad's got my back. And you kind of see where I'm going with this. Like that should be how we are with Jesus when we talk about facing the trials and the, and, and you know, those people weren't evil. The teachers weren't evil. Our, our battle obviously is against much more evil things than that. But when we have that confidence to know that, okay, I'm in my father's arms now. I'm more than a conqueror understanding that he is with me. He is going to fight my battles. He is going to whatever obstacle comes my way. He's going to give me the strength that I need to get through it. How do we know that? Because he tells us that in scripture, he says, yes, you are going to have trials. Yes, you are going to have temptations, but I'm not going to let you take on more than you can handle. And I'm going to be with you and I'm going to provide a way of escape. So what I want to do now, we're talking about the full armor of God, like I said before. Um, this is Tony Evans. I'm using his commentary for this. And like I said, I used a couple of other commentaries, but um, I really liked what he had to say, breaking down the full armor of God. So what I want to do right now is just go through his commentary, breaking down each piece of the full armor of God, right? So um, the first thing that he says here when you talk about spiritual warfare, um, specifically the full armor of God he says that the only power that the enemy has is the power that you give him. Think about that for a minute. The only power that the enemy has is what we give him. He knows our weak points. That's why we need to be self-aware. We talked about that a second ago. He is a, like I said before, he in the last episode, he's a master liar. He's a master manipulator. He's a master storyteller. What did he do whenever Adam and Eve were in the garden and he came to Eve? He didn't create something to try to distract them or try to get them to sin. What did he do? He had to lure them with something that was already created by God Almighty. And you look at how vast 
creation is, all the things that God has created. And then the enemy wants to make you think that they are are level, like that, like it's a like it's an even match. He's not created anything. All he does is come and prey on your weaknesses. And that is one thing that we need to remember too. If it is something that God has put inside of you, it cannot be taken out. But if if it is a lie that the world has told you, if it is a lie that the enemy has told you, something that you have believed for a long time, you don't even know why you believe it, it can be taken away. If it was not given to you by the Lord, if it was not put inside of you by God, it could be taken away. How? Through Jesus' power. Through Jesus' power. That's the answer to everything. It seems so simple because it is. But I think sometimes we think, well, it can't just be that easy. Well, that just goes to show the price that Jesus paid. We cannot downplay it. Because when we do that, it puts it in our mind that, okay, like, yeah, I trust you, God, but that this can't be it. Yeah, I mean, it is it. He paid the price. He paid the ultimate price for us. So we need to know our weak points, know the areas that we struggle, and then just avoid them however we can. Don't even go near them. The only power that the enemy has is the power that we give him. So we are to stand firm in Jesus, stand firm in the victory that has been given to us. And so um, the next thing that he says is when you stand under an umbrella, it does not stop the rain. But it does stop you from getting wet. Now let's let. I know I'm kind of taking some time here. We're not even gotten into the first piece of the armor here, but I think that's very important to think because there's going to be so many storms in life. There's, there's sometimes it's going to feel like a constant storm. Like I said, I've been in in a storm for the last two or three months in terms of spiritual warfare, and it got so bad to the point after one of um, um, the episodes that me and Antoine McGee did on um, Sons of Thunder. By the way, if you've not listened to the Sons of Thunder, um, go check that out. If you're a fan of The Chosen, we're breaking down every single episode. little plug there. Um, but uh, after one of the episodes, I was feeling so down about just I felt like nothing that I was saying was making sense. And I was feeling like, God, I'm horrible. I, I, I suck at, at talking. I'm not good at being on camera. Like, this is not, I can't do this. Why am I facing? And I remember writing in my journal and, and talking to my wife about it. And I was writing and I was like, like, Lord, why am I facing such spiritual attack? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. Like, I don't have any kind of major platform. I'm just this little peon, and yet I'm facing such spiritual attack to the point where, for the first time in my life, I was facing depression. And I told my wife, I don't remember the date, but I remember telling her, like, I think I'm just going to quit. Like, I think I'm just done. And and I, and, it, and I was in such a, like, I knew what the answer was. Like I knew it was God. I knew I just needed to. And that's one thing that I want to encourage you to do. And I'm going to talk about that in a second after I finish this, this story, what was going on with me. But it, it, it was to the point where one morning where I was at work and I remember texting my wife and she, I don't remember why she was awake that early. Um, maybe something with the baby or whatever, but it was to the point where, and I, and, and anybody that knows me or has known me, from when I was younger, I was, I've never been someone that dealt with depression. Um, I wouldn't even say anxiety. Like I was always kind of a nervous kid, but I didn't, I didn't deal with like anxiety. But for the first time I was feeling those emotions and not even really knowing what it was. But then coming to that realization that these were just spiritual attacks. And it, it got so bad one morning when I woke up, um, I, I remember I told my wife, I said, I don't even know like if life is worth it. Mm. <laughs> and that, that, I mean, it makes me mad. It, it does. It makes me mad because I've been blessed so much in my life. And I know 
I know the answers. Like, not, not that I, not that I know. I'm, I'm I'm saying I know the answers to spiritual warfare is the stuff that I've been talking about already. It's God. It's Jesus. It's leaning into Him. It's trusting Him. It's taking Him at His word. But the enemy does a, does such a good job of if you give him an inch, he's going to take as many miles as he can, right? And and just letting him get a little sliver into your mind can make him can can allow him to think. Um, I, I'm going to plant this seed here and and just just put a little bit of water in it and just watch it grow into now this person who is talking about how good Jesus was yesterday is now thinking about life is not worth it today. I've never ever in my entire life thought about that. Like I've never, like I said, never thought about is life worth it? I never thought about, I never had any kind of depression, anxiety, anything like that. And I remember telling my wife, like, I don't think any of this is worth it. I'm just going to quit. Like what, what is even the point of life? And I'm somebody who's a Christian. And so it, it put a whole new sense of compassion inside me to really be able to relate to somebody. And and you might be even be making fun of me out there right now saying, yeah, you might have dealt with it for one day or whatever, but I've been dealing with depression for 20 years. Well, first of all, it's not a contest. <laughs> you know what I mean? But second of all, I, you, we're all going through something. And, and it's just understanding that Jesus is with us no matter what. He will never leave us or forsake us. I'm not even getting into Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 yet, but it's just like, don't let yourself get to that point. And, and it's easier said than done because I'm somebody who, and I'm not trying to brag about myself. I'm just trying to give you guys like just an idea of how my day is every day. Like I am in the word every day, every single day. I pray every single day. And, and the enemy was still good enough. You know, when we talk about being able to fight back against him, we don't need to be cocky and arrogant saying, oh, well, the battle is already won or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But on our own strength, we don't need to be cocky and arrogant on our own strength, but understanding that when we just, when we say that the battle is won through Jesus, like we really understand that and we really lean into that and we don't get outside of that. Because if we get outside of that, if we take our eyes off of him for a second, what happened to Peter when he stepped out of the boat? He looked at Jesus the second that he took his eyes off of him, what did he start to do? He started to drown. And that can happen to us so quick. This is somebody that had been with Jesus at this point for a while, seeing him do miracles, seeing him do all the things that he did, healing the sick, turning the water into wine, raising up the 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 people who had been unable to walk their whole entire life, healing the lepers, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. How easy is it for us to do that. We're not physically seeing Jesus every day. You spend time with him in his word and in prayer, but it's like, keep our eyes fixed on him. We cannot take our eyes off of him for a second. The second that we do, that's when the enemy attacks. And that's what he did to me. And I, there's a whole lot more that goes into that story. And I'm not going to share that today. Um, this spiritual warfare stuff is probably going to be something that I'm talking about for the next couple of weeks, just because it's so it's just been so relevant in my life. And and I know there's so many people out there that are dealing with that same thing. So let's get into Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 real quick. So um, first of all, let's go to verse 14. Um, this is Tony Evans' commentary here. He says, um, you know, God's word is the truth. We all know that. We all recognize that. We all agree with that. God's word is the truth. So we are to wear the truth like a belt. So that means that we are to live in the authenticity before God. 
Since the devil is a liar, you must start with truth to be ready for battle. He cannot function in an environment of integrity. Can't function. He can't do it. That is why whenever you see in Job where where God asked Satan where he had been, and Satan said, I've been to and fro, right, from, from earth to heaven. I've been here to and fro. He, he went back to, to God and said, told him things that were going on with Job, right? But he was telling the truth about Job. Because what do we see here? The devil is a liar and God cannot have anything to do with sin. So when the enemy goes to God and he tells God something about you, He's not lying. He's not lying. Right? Because he cannot function in a situation of integrity. So that just should make us want to guard our hearts more, guard our tongues, because we don't want him going back to the Father and saying, telling him something that is true about us. Right? Something that we are dealing with. We need to give our... our struggles, give our shortcomings up to him and ask him to replace those. That's one thing that I've been doing and that has helped me out a lot. Um, first of all, you want to get you a good worship uh, soundtrack. You want to get in the Psalms and I'm giving away stuff that I wanted to do on a later episode and this does not even relate to Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. But when we're talking about spiritual warfare, you need to get you a good worship playlist. You need to get in the book of Psalms because there's so much in there of David crying out, asking for help. And you need to um, ask God to replace all the things that you're struggling with, with things that honor him. So like for me, this is just how whenever I pray, I, I ask the Lord, I say, take away the the anger, take away the depression, take away, take away the anxiety, um, the guilt, the shame, take away all these things that are holding me back from walking in your will fully and replace them with power, replace them with wisdom, replace them with strength, replace them with your love, with your joy, with your peace. And he's going to do that. He's going to replace those things. So I just encourage you to do that in your life because that's something that has really helped me. And he's always going to do that because he's faithful. And so um, uh, let's see. So, so Satan cannot function in an environment um, of integrity. So he says, you also need righteousness like an armor on your chest. That's from 614. It says, remember, our righteousness, our righteousness is not our own. God imputed Christ's perfection onto us. He put that perfect righteousness of Jesus onto us. So we are to cover ourselves like a chest of armor, right? So then let's go down to, um, this is verse 15. Roman soldiers wore sandals with cleats built into, built into them to help them have firm footing and to stand their ground under attack. So regarding uh, less of external turmoil, this is talking about the, uh, the shoes of peace, right? So um, regardless of external turmoil, let the peace from God that results from righteousness living... Uh, let me start that again. Regardless of external turmoil, let the peace from God that results from righteous living confirm that you are operating and moving in God's will. Verse 6, 16. Um, he says, next, take up the shield of faith. These are This is from Tony Evans' commentary again. He says, next, take up the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So he says, what is faith? 
Faith is acting like God's telling the truth, being obedient to God's view on a matter. Whatever temptation the devil fires at you, you can overcome by believing God's word and acting on it. He says acting in faith is like activating a divine fire extinguisher. I love whenever I hear his his preaching, I love the examples that he uses in his in his preaching and then here in his commentary too. It's really good. And so uh, verse 617, it says, take the helmet of salvation. Um, it says a helmet protects the head, the mind, the control center of the body. Our spiritual standing in Christ must protect our thinking. If you don't clearly understand the gospel, that is God's power for salvation, you will not operate as one whom God uh, promises to deliver from the power and penalty of sin. We are to think God's thoughts and not operate on human wisdom. And then the last piece of armor says um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only offensive weapon that speaks of uh, that Paul speaks of here in Ephesians. Um, the the per, the term that Paul uses uh, to describe the sword it, it's not a long sword it's more like a dagger he says it's intended for hand to hand combat he's talking about the word of God spoken made effective by the Spirit to cut through the devil's lies when Jesus was tempted he declared it is written defeating the devil by using the word and just as Jesus did when tempted in the wilderness Christians must learn to use Bible study against the devil. He is allergic to the word of God when it consistently is used against him. Like I said before on the past episode, we cannot go at it alone. All these these tools that he has given us, we can only activate those through his power that he has given us. This is such a, a heavy topic. And, and in this moment, you might be somebody that's dealing with spiritual warfare. We all have things that we are struggling with. And I would just encourage you to, and I heard this on a podcast. Um, I cannot remember the name of uh, the, ba- uh, the basement, I want to say. Maybe, it was, maybe it's called. I want to say it's the basement. Um, I'll just look it up. Hold on one second. Should have had this prepared. Yeah, The Basement with Tim Ross. <clears throat> My boy Antoine put me onto this podcast. I strongly suggest you guys check it out too. He was talking about some spiritual warfare stuff too, which has been crazy because when when I've been facing all this spiritual warfare, I turn around and I, I'm hearing so much from people who have been messaging me, who have been um, talking about it on other um, platforms. And then my pastor talked about it a while back. And it's like spiritual warfare is going on with so many people right now, but nobody, nobody, not no, what do I want to say here? Everyone wants to feel like they're alone. Everyone, no, no, not everyone wants to feel like they're alone. The enemy wants you to feel like you're alone, right? Like nobody else is going through this stuff, but people are talking about it all over the place. And we're all fighting the same battle. And one thing that, that uh, Tim Ross said there in the basement was he said, read your way to your breakthrough. So what does that mean? That means when you're not feeling like reading, read anyway. Ask God, Lord, put it inside me right now. Give me a hunger and a desire to read your word because I need to get through this situation. But not just get through it, to fight through it. I think that that's one thing that the enemy wants us to do is just to say, okay, just let me just get through this day. 
So just let me just get through this moment, Lord. Just but and yeah, there's nothing wrong with praying and asking God to help you get through something. But when we're throwing in the towel like that by saying, just get me through this one moment. Sometimes that's all that you can say. Sometimes that's all that you can ask because you're so beat down by whatever the enemy is throwing at you that all you can say is, Lord, just get me through this moment. But what did Paul say in Romans? Like I read at the beginning, we are more than conquerors through Jesus. So we can battle through this stuff, not alone, through Jesus through leaning into him, through trusting him, taking him at his word. I've been in the book of First Peter, and when you look, when you read through the book of First Peter, um, let me just slip over there real quick. He talks, he talks about a lot of things. Obviously, in the first couple chapters, I think there's only five. Yeah, there's only five chapters. But one thing that really stood out to me in my study of First Peter is he closes out the letter talking about basically spiritual warfare. It's, it's a warning. The last, uh, let's see, eight, let's see, chapter five, verse eight, he says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. That just goes back. I did not plan that. I did not. <laughs> I talked about that just, uh, what, 30 seconds ago, that like, you're not alone. What does he say right here? I, I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that. That was a God thing right there. That was cool. Um, he says the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We're all going through the same thing. We're all going through the same thing. Peter closes out his letter, warning us, giving us this warning that when we decide to accept Jesus and reject Satan, we become a bigger target. So just remember that you're not alone. Um, I, I don't want to go too much longer into this because I have more than I want to say on the next episode, on the next couple episodes. I'm just going to wrap it up right there. Um, Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. Thank you guys for the feedback that I've been getting. It's been very, very exciting and very encouraging. I'm so happy and blessed um, to be where I am right now. And just so thankful that the Lord has allowed me to come before you guys each and every week and hopefully be an encouragement in your life and a blessing um, because that's the goal. And I feel like that's what God has called me to do. So I'm just going to do that the best that I can each and every week. So to close this thing out, um, I, I would, I don't want to be missing opportunity here that, um, if this is the first time that you are listening and the first time that you've heard my voice, maybe the first time that you've listened to any kind of Christian audio, you might be thinking, well, that might be a crazy thing to say. Well, we don't know. We don't know. There might be somebody out there. It might not, might not be your story. It might not be my story, but it could be somebody else's story that they just somehow stumbled across this podcast and they listened to it all the way through. Didn't really know what it was talking about. But then maybe something toward the end kind of clicked with them and, and the Holy Spirit allowed me um, as a vessel to be used by him in some way. Who's to say? God is bigger than anything that we can think and anything that we can imagine. So he might be using this specific moment for a specific person. And if you are that person and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's very simple. Jesus Christ has done all the work. Lean into him. Trust in him. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died for all the sins of the whole universe. He took all those sins. He nailed them to that cross. And now he is knocking on the door of your heart right now with that nail pierced hand to show you proof. I am who I said I am. And if he is knocking on your the door of your heart right now and you want to open it and let him in, he says, all you have to do is open the door and let me in. I will come in. I am faithful. I am with you. So if you don't know how to do it, it's very simple. If this is something that you are interested in doing in having a relationship with 
Jesus, you would just say something like this, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I need a savior. I pray right now, Lord, that you would forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Save me. Make me new. Be the ruler of my life. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And understanding, too, that in Jesus' name, that's something that the Lord has really been putting on my heart here recently. Understanding the power in that when you're sealing the letter that you are speaking out to the Lord and you're sealing it with in Jesus' name, the power behind that. Don't let that get lost on you. I've let I've used I've let that go for too many years of my life, not really fully grasping that. There's power in Jesus' name. That's why we close out the prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me right now, I'm kind of getting off. This podcast might not make any sense at all to anybody. This this episode, goodness gracious, I feel like I was all over the place. Hopefully, you're able to draw something out of that. If you said that prayer with me, thank you. Um, not thank you. If you said that prayer with me, I'm very excited for you. I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I just need to get off here. I need to get off here. Thank you guys so very much for listening. Um, and and like I said, if you have said that prayer, I would love to hear from you. Um, DonovanLJones at gmail.com. Feel free to send me an email or you can follow me on Instagram. It's called to act podcast. It's all one word. And if you said that prayer with me today, the angels in heaven are rejoicing for just that one person that has their name now written on the Lamb's Book of Life. That's It's the number one most ex- important decision that you'll ever make in your life. And so with that being said, sorry for the last, uh, well, really this whole episode, but I think the Lord uses messes. I think this one was a mess. I feel like I was all over the place. Daggum. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so very much for tuning in. God bless you guys. Have a great week and Lord willing, we will speak to you next week. God bless. All right. So as soon as the four-year-old found out that his sister was on, he had to come on too. So now we have on Landry Jones. Now, how old are you, Landry? Four. Four. Good job. So I'm going to ask you three questions, okay? Are you ready? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you excited? Mm, Yeah. All right, let's go. So question number one, who is your favorite superhero? Do you like Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Hulk Smash? Hulk Pass. Hulk Smash? Yeah. Yeah, you like him, huh? All right, question number two. What do you want to dress up for Halloween as? Um, what should I do? What do, you want to, what do you want to dress up as? Boca. Boca? What is that? Boca. Oh, Luca. Yeah, you Luca. Okay. That's... I want to teach mine how I want to do that costume. You like that movie, huh? And I want to teach my shirt, too. Well, yeah, you can't wear that shirt. Thank All right, you. question number three. What is... Hmm, how about what is your favorite bedtime story? It's a Mario. Mario? Yeah. I didn't even know we read a Mario story for bed. I can say it. You don't got to show me, but just tell me what's it about real quick. Mario. Oh, it's about Mario. Okay. All right. Thank you. Say bye. Bye. Can I show you? Can I show you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
I got kings. <laughs> That's my nose. Okay. Oh yeah, baby. Sing. Sing.